Hello, my lovers. Kate Lawler in for the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. I had a lot of fun this weekend, so I thought I would share with you what I've been up to. In a bit, you can hear my conversation with Ian Brodie as we have some gossip about Latitude. Show chef Martha has some Italian inspiration. But first, actor and singer Lee Mead is on stage for 12 weeks only, playing a baddie for the very first time. Let's find out more. Joining me to, to talk about the return of the legendary Queen musical We Will Rock You is musical theatre legend, dad of one human and two pugs, an all-round nice guy. It's Lee Mead, everybody! Hey, hello, Kate. Hey, hey, hey. We're on it pretty quick, then. I, didn't, I literally just sat down. I was like, oh, Producer we're, we're Mick live. was still <laughs> fixing your Mick, microphone. Mick was getting the microphones. <laughs> Did you even think we were going live? You probably no, thought this might I, be. I, I didn't realise. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, here we are. How are you today? I'm really good. Yeah, really excited. It's going to be an incredible summer. I can't believe I'm, I've got this gig. To be honest, it's first time back in the West End in ten years, and um, working for Queen and Ben Elton. It's like it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Ten. Is it been ten years? Ten years. Yeah. I've, I've done a lot of musicals, like tours, and things since, and TV stuff, but yeah. not back in the West End with, with a show for, for ten years. Yeah. What was the last show you did in the West End? Legally Blonde. I think it was, well, don't you any research? Yeah, Legally Blonde, the musical, and um, a concert show at the Vaudeville called West End Men. That was about 2.13, yeah. So. Wowzers. I mean, as a Queen fan, this excites me anyway. I mean, I should oh, have seen too. a musical. My dad, I grew up with Queen. Thanks to my dad's impeccable music taste, not my mum's. Um, what about you? Did you did you grow up listening to them? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think well, I think we all did, really. I mean, my yeah. dad was a huge status quo and, and Queen fan. There's two big bands. And... Um, uh, it's just crazy. I mean, even last night, we're in tech at the theatre at the moment, and just to show you the, the, the enormity of it, I, I came out, it was like 10 o'clock at night, we'd been at rehearsing all day, and the pub on the corner by the Coliseum was blurring out um, Queen music. Really? And, and everyone was cheering, having drinks. I was like, it hit me, the reality of what, of this job and how big it is yeah I was like wow I also, I also thought it was really lovely I saw on your Instagram that what else hit you was um, the re- the reality you know when you realised oh my god well, obviously you know that you're going to be in a musical but you were you were documenting a little video of you arriving in a London train station and you saw oh, a morning. poster of the, it, was the, it was a while ago I don't know when it was yeah. but you saw the poster and you were like oh that's my name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was a, the train I used to get. So I'm from Southend, and, and um, when I was a kid, I used to get trained to London to see yeah. the shows with family and stuff. And yeah. as I got older and started started off in the business, I, I, same train into London Liverpool Street, and I pulled in that day, and there's this huge poster of the show with you know Queen, Ben Elton, and my name on the post. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah, that must yeah. have been such a lovely. It was feeling. a real moment. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's, it, it doesn't leave you. I was like, it's, you know, it's um, it's incredible, really. So how did the, how did this all come about? Because I hear that you were doing panto. So obviously your talent is what got you the role. Mm. But a lovely lady named Brenda was also playing a part in that, right? She was at Christmas. Yeah, this is our third third job together in a year, which is unheard of, really. I, you know, in 20 years, I might have worked with a few people once, but mm-hmm. three times within a year. It's crazy. So, yeah, that is crazy. And we kind of, dare I say it, we sort of manifested it a little bit at Christmas. She, she went, you do know that there's um, they're auditioning for this role, Khashoggi, the baddie character, and we'll rock you. And I'm doing the show over the summer. And she, she said, you'd be brilliant in that role. And I said, really? I said, yeah. So it's been years since I've seen the show. And um, I got on the phone to my agent, got, got the material, managed to get an audition, worked really hard on the material. And then before I knew it, I was in the room with you know, Brian May, Ben Elton, all the producers. Whoa. Did you know yeah. Brian May was going to be there in the I audition? No, I had no idea. No, <gasps> not, not for the final. And um, I, I've, I've said it already, but I think if it was 15 years ago, I don't don't know if I would have been as composed as I was to, to go in there and just enjoy it and smash the audition. And they got the call three, four days later saying you got the job. I was like, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, but to sing a Queen song 
for Qu- in front of Queen was was pretty, <laughs> pretty. What did you sing? What did you sing? Uh, the Seven Seas of Rye, but it's, it's the song that I sing in the show. Yeah, okay, I but see. It's such a great song. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's my first evil baddie character as well, so it's nice for me to be playing something a bit different and interesting. And yeah, you don't mm. strike me as the sort of guy that would be cast as a baddie. Yeah, well, I've always played the nice guy. You have sort of characters and roles the last twenty years and um, in TV as well. So. But I'm playing him very dark and very sinister. I said to Ben, you know, I'd love to play this really dark. He's been a bit comedic in the past. Um, okay. So it's nice playing him pretty, pretty evil. Yeah. <laughs> new hair. Do you reckon that's what yeah, it was? Yeah, it might have helped get yeah. the job. I think. Yeah, my, my new the, the curls are gone. So. <laughs> it's weird not seeing you with curly hair. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had it my whole life. Yeah, and um, I basically had a hair transplant. Um, Start of this year, I was, I was losing my hair, going bald. And I thought, right, I'm going to get it sorted, and um, it's, inc- it's been four months now. That's incredible. I've got a new head of hair. Yeah, I so, can't believe I, you've had a hair transplant. Oh, no. It just—that's who, who did it. It's we incredible. need their details. I need their details. Yeah. I've got a massive forehead. <laughs> I get them in. Honestly, Lee's actually meant to be at auditions today, but he's kindly nipped. That they let him they let you nip out, didn't they? To come yeah, in well, and... the rehearsal at the, the, the theatre. Yeah, Sorry, so, not auditions, yeah, rehearsals. I, I hope it's not audition. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for another job. I'm um, a professional. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're in tech, technical rehearsal, which we're, we're on stage, all, all the company and all the costumes, everything else. And the set looks absolutely incredible. It's, it's, um, it's a huge surprise at the end of the show, which I can't just mention. But, Ooh, uh, and like the cast that. are amazing. They're so talented. It's just, it's going to be epic, yeah. And Ben Elton's returning to ben, direct. Yeah, he's playing pop. The, <gasps> the, yeah, which is, um, I, think, I think he said it's his first musical since playing Artful Dodger at school. Or like, or, or, what? Um, not school, uh, amateur company, yeah. So, really? Yeah, but he's sounding great. I mean, obviously because he wrote the show as well. Yes. It's, uh, he's he's going to be a brilliant pop. And, um, You're a big fan of his? Yeah, oh, personally, huge, yeah. I yeah. Mean, I, it's quite funny, really. It's sort of, obviously working with him now in, in person, but just I used to watch his programme, yeah, Blackadder and The Young Ones, and yeah. he's written all his novels, and yeah, he's, well, he's, he's a legend, isn't he? Yeah, so, he's, he's an absolute legend. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to say if I met him if I was on it, if I was with you. <laughs> yeah, I was like that, so, so, so you're nipping back to rehearsals after this. Yeah. It launches, doesn't it, um, 12 weeks it's on for, from the 2nd of June, which is coming up very soon. Two weeks from today, yeah. Why yeah. is it only on for 12 weeks? I know. Well, I th- doesn't seem It'd long be enough. nice for it to come back for a longer run, wouldn't it? But I, mm. I don't know what the producers are planning, but I guess because it's such a big um, venue, the Coliseum, it's probably best to sell it out, hopefully, over the 12 weeks and have a short run. Quite a lot of shows are now doing that as well, especially the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah. A lot of previous musicals go in for three months there. Mm. It's part part of the operas and things. How does it work with your job? Do you know what you're going to do next or already? Do you have, like, you know, afterwards? Luckily, you know? yeah. I mean, that two and a half year pandemic period wasn't, wasn't very nice, was it? <laughs> for all of us, oh, but, but I've got work rest, lined up for the rest of the year. Yeah, That's great. Which, which is great. Yeah, I've got a contract with my show and P&O Cruises. I'd, I'd go on their ships <gasps> and do my show once a month. And then I've got Panto and Hull this year playing the Prince in Cinderella. The, the cruise? ship gig is a good one isn't it oh it's great well growing up throughout my first part of my career I didn't get to travel much I was doing like all the summer seasons and mm-hmm. sort of um, building the career but now I get to see the world yes it's amazing what and then, a gig um, and I got to tour my own show in theatres in October yes, as well so. do you what's Which that is exciting. tell us yeah. it's, um, well, it's, it's a, a new EP that I'm going to be touring and um, live show Mix of new songs and covers and things, yeah. So. Oh, I love that. You're <coughs> yeah, a busy butterfly. I am, yeah. What I wanted to ask you was that, because I'd love to be able to sing, and do you just, like, when you're at, as a singer, because you're obviously a very talented man, oh, but you. if I could sing like you, I'd just be singing everything. I would never speak. <laughs> I do that sometimes. Do you? Yeah, on my own, randomly, yeah. Do you obviously sing in the shower? Yeah, shower, or anywhere, on my own, really. It's, it's the funny thing, is when you're learning a new, a new song, 
you sort of want to do it on your own because if, if you haven't locked it down, it's going to sound pretty of course. not good. <laughs> but if I was a singer, I would sing my own radio jingles because I hear, you know, you hear Chris Evans has got great radio jingles. I'd be doing them myself. Could you just like make make my name into a jingle right now off the bat off the without cl- any... Oh, blimey. Okay. Um, so like you... No pressure. Kate Lawler. Can I get some Kate Lawler? Yeah. <laughs> He's done it. I can love... I get Kate Lawler on Virgin Radio? Yeah. <laughs> He's done that off the... See, I would just love to be able to sing. I don't know how sing. good that was, actually. It was, was, it was fantastic. That was very off the cuff, wasn't it? No, it was off the cuff. I put you under pressure. I'm sorry. I should never do that. <laughs> I didn't plan it, so I'm very sorry. That, trust me, yeah. And I saw something on Twitter the other day, and it said, if you were offered a million quid to sing any song, word for word, but if you got one word wrong, you wouldn't get a penny. You wouldn't get the million. What would you sing? Oh, blimey. It's a tough question. Don't stop me now. No, That's <laughs> a tricky one, though. Everyone it? was answering, like, all these classics by Queen and the Beatles and Oasis. I sing Barbar Black Sheep. It should be it's a, a, a simple song. A simple with the, yeah. nursery rhyme. There's a song called Blackbird by Paul McCartney. <gasps> Beautiful song, but I think it's like one verse. And it repeats with an instrumental. So I'll, probably, I'll probably do that one, I think. That yeah. is Blackbird such... singing in the dead end. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Um Two Door Cinema Club, I don't know if you know who those guys are, they mm. came in live on Chris Evans' breakfast show a good couple of years ago and they did a cover of that and it was the most really? stunning cover of any song. It's probably somewhere on the yeah. website now. The simplicity of it is yeah. well. it's, it's beautiful. It's, yeah. What a gorgeous song. So let's talk about um, We Will Rock You. 12 weeks on from the 2nd of June. Tickets are available at wewillrockyoulondon.co.uk. Uh, you are starring as Commander Khashoggi Abadi. Yes. Uh, you can get tickets from there. It's only on for 12 weeks as well, and it's going to be a hoot. Lynn, oh, it's going to be a rock concert every night, yeah. So yeah. And down. there's a surprise at the end, but you're not telling me what it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing, actually, yeah. And it's, great Visually. See, and it's great to see how far you've come as well since the uh, the days of Any Dream Will Do. Oh, thanks. Yeah, still, I still pull out the old song every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first musical I ever oh. saw. <laughs> Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and I remember our, my mum and dad uh, buying us tickets, and we sat so far. In oh, fact, you, we were, you saw the show? Well, it wasn't oh, with well. you, it was with oh, Philip right, Schofield. Yeah. That's how many, oh, you saw the show? No, you many, <laughs> I would have loved to have seen you in it, yeah. but it was with Philip Schofield many moons ago, oh, and we were in the very back row, and they gave us binoculars. That's how far away from the we, stage we were. Yeah, but I always remember it because I mean, it was the first musical I ever saw. Me too. Yeah, and it it was, first, was it first show? First show who yeah, who school, did you see at, as at school? And it was a, a local production at the Cliffs Pavilion in Southend. Um, I think it was a guy called Richard's Richard Swearin. Yeah, what a soundtrack! Which is, uh, it's amazing, yeah. The the I had it on cassette tape. That's how long ago it was. But I rinsed that soundtrack. So I just used to love it. I loved all the... What's, I'm not even going to ask you about the song. Lee, it was great to see you. Um, oh, you too, and good luck with your musical. Thanks so much. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. This is hilarious. I've just been told that Ian Brody is not in the building. This whole morning I've been really excited about meeting him. But he's on the line. Oh. It's the second best thing. I'm, I'm sort of excited. I mean, I'm excited, excited to speak to you, but I'm a little bit devastated. You're not sat here in person, buddy. I've got to be honest with you. Good morning, Ian. Hi. Uh, I wanted to come in if you said. Oh, <laughs> if we'd have said, I was looking forward to giving you a hug. But there we go. How are you? I'm good, actually. I'm pretty good. Yeah, yeah good. Is the sun shining where you are today? The sun is shining, which always makes you feel a lot better. So, yeah, great. It does, doesn't it? I woke up in a glorious mood this morning. One, I was sober, but two, the sun was shining. It just puts you in a better frame of mind, doesn't it? 
sunny Sundays, you know. Yeah, they're the best. Now, Ian, um, for those of us who don't know, or those of you who don't know listening, of course you are famous for Lightning Seeds, but you were also in the band Big in Japan with Holly Johnson, Bill Drummond of KLF, Budgie from Sushi and the Banshees, Dave Balfe, who set up food rock records, of, of course they signed Blur, Clive Langer, who produced Madness, and Elvis Costello. I'm sorry, but how on earth did so much success come out of one band? Please explain. And how could that band be so bad with those people in it? <laughs> I didn't want to say That's anything. That's the real mystery. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? It's, it's quite remarkable. Yeah, well, I think Liverpool at that time, I guess, there was a club called Eric's and a lot of people, a lot of misfits, really, who were all into music and obviously destined to be in bands, all kind of, you know, gathered in that in that club and got to know each other. Mm. So I think that's probably... And the band was kind of managed by the guy who owned the club and we were always around the club. So And it was a bit like anyone who wanted to could kind of join for a bit, probably. You know what I mean? Although mm. it was only going for a couple of months. It's lasted... The legend has lost, lasted a lot longer than the band, to be fair. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was only going for a couple of months. I think I, my memory might be fading, but not that long. <laughs> I'll tell you what has lasted uh, the test of time. Uh, Three Lions, a few days ago, it celebrated its 27th birthday, didn't it? Yeah, apparently that makes me feel... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird that it was that long ago, to be honest. Yeah. It makes me feel old. The greatest football song ever. It really is. Now, you were commissioned, weren't you, to write the song back in 96. Is it true you only agreed to do it on the condition that Skinner and Badil participated? Well, initially they asked me, you know, would I like to write a song for the England football team? Uh, you know, and I, it wasn't something I particularly wanted to do, uh, although I'd quite, you know, I'd like New, New Order's song, mm. but it just felt like it maybe wasn't the greatest idea. And then <laughs> the idea became, well, that the competition is going to be here and it was getting very exciting. There were yeah. going to be games all, all around. So, you know... I, and then I was watching Fantasy Football, which at the time, you know, was kind of a, um, the first of that kind of type of show, really. Mm. So I kind of went back and said, you know what, actually, if we could, you know, if it could be a celebration of the, of the competition coming here as well, and maybe if these two guys would agree to, uh, you know, to sing it, then I'd, I'd be up for it. And then everything just came from that. How much did they participate as well? Did you, is it right that you wrote the song, they wrote the lyrics? Uh, yeah, well... I think, yeah, they did. I mean, they did a fantastic job. I think comedians are brilliant at, um, you know, they're just kind of great with words, mm. aren't they? And with, mm. You know, they're, they're, they're very, uh, and they're a couple of clever guys. So, yeah, I think we had the It's Coming Home, but because that was kind of the idea of, you know, the competition coming home. And then they wrote, the whole rest of the lyric, which I think is a brilliant lyric, to be honest, you know. It is. Uh, do you know what I love about the song as well? That it was nicked as a footy chant by other countries football fans resulting in it charting in places like Germany number 16 the charts yeah and, and, and other play you know I've had we've had requests from you know probably all over the world for people to to change the words and use it for their <laughs> for their sport not just football so it's now you're on tour with madness later in the year have you toured with these guys before that sounds like a right who I've got to be honest yeah we have we did some shows with them a you know, a few years, I don't know, six or seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a big fan of Madness. I think they're such a, I've always loved their tunes, you know. Me and too. I, I remember I saw them, I actually saw them play before they were called Madness in a pub when they, I think they were called the Morris Miners. So I've kind of, <laughs> I 
followed them since then and my friend Clive was uh, their producer so I always felt quite close to them so to actually get to tour with them is is a joy really. Quite something. Uh, let's talk about Eurovision because it was in your hometown Liverpool last weekend you played a free gig in the city the atmosphere there I saw uh, little, some photos on your on your Twitter feed looked incredible how was it for you? Oh, it was great actually I think the city really kind of embraced the whole thing I mean Liverpool we like a party and we love music. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I can't honestly say I ever watch Eurovision, but as an excuse for a party, it was fantastic, you know, and, and we got to play a few gigs and it, I, I, I loved it really. You know? Yeah. I was, why, what's gonna, one question I've been dying to ask you is that why is Liverpool so good at pop music? Because I feel like if you were born in Liverpool, you have an advantage over anyone else that's looking to be, you know, to go into that profession. You just seem to know how to make a tune. I think, you know, that obviously, if you go to Ireland, there's a lot of music every pub you go into. There's a lot of Irish people mm. who live in Liverpool historically. And I think the docks, so you had the army base, actually, was just up the road in Burton Wood. Mm -hmm. And all the kind of jazz musicians used to come in and play at the clubs in Liverpool in, at that time. And then you got all the Northern Soul records coming in off the docks. And all the, you know, it was, it's always been a musical kind of melting pot. Mm. Even as a kid, I remember, you know, it, it was never just about the music that was popular that minute. You'd always go to a pub and you'd, it would be everything on the jukebox or everything people were playing would be, you know, very wide, from a very wide range of things. And I think we love music and football, I think, in Liverpool. <laughs> Yeah. It makes sense. Which Liverpool band that isn't the Beatles, let's exclude those guys, would you want to be in if you weren't in the Lightning Seeds? Well, I think someone asked me to describe, when I was a producer before I did the Lightning Seeds, they asked me to describe my process. Mm -hmm. And I said, when I first started, I felt like I should just find a band I absolutely loved and then I should pretend I was in that band. <laughs> and then when I produced them, I should make it sound like I wished it was if I was in it. <laughs> yeah. And that was my kind of process. And the first band I ever produced was Echo and the Bunnymen. And I fell in love with that band and I've never really fallen out of love with them, you know. So I think it'd have to be Echo and the Bunnymen. Hey, producer Mick, he's like, I knew he was going to say that. I knew he was going to yes, all right, <laughs> you know. Um, what do you reckon is the best Liverpool song that isn't well-known enough? Because there's a guy, that I love, a musician that I love and follow, and he's, he's, I thought he would blow up like Sam Fender has. He kind of came into... Um, into my mind in uh, a few years ago when I worked at Virgin Radio. His name's Louis Berry and he's from Liverpool. And he's got an incredible backstory. He's such a talented musician. His voice is insane. And he is, uh, like, when I saw him live, took my breath away. He's such an incredible live performer. But he hasn't quite hit the dizzy heights of, like, Sam Fender, which I thought he would. Is there anyone that you, that you rate? Well, I, I know there's, you know, I think... You need a stroke of luck, really. Mm. Everybody needs a stroke of luck in their career. You know, you've got to be, you've got to be good at what you do, but you also need that you know the chips to fall in the right way. So I think that can happen. But hopefully, if something's good, in the end, you know, you feel like it'll come to light. I mean, I, there was a, there was a record I used to love by a band who never really made it. They were called Uberman, and they had a song called Surely Wall. I used to love that song. Sure. What's it called? Surely wall, and don't ask me what that means. <laughs> I'm going to check that out. I do love a tip from a musician that, you know what I mean, that I might not have heard. Um, now, listen, you are playing Latitude Festival in Suffolk. You've never played the festival before, right? No, never. I've heard great things about it, though. Everyone says how, 
how great it is. So I'm really looking forward to being there. Ian, it is my favourite festival of them all. It is the perfect size. For me, size is important. When it comes to festivals, enough of that. Um, and I really do think that Latitude is the perfect festival for for the young, for the elderly, for families, for single people, for couples. It's 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 an absolutely glorious event every single year. And I'm gutted that I can't be there this year because I'm on holiday. Otherwise, I'd be coming. Um, great lineup all weekend. You're playing this Saturday. Headlining that is Paolo Nutini. Have you ever seen him live? We played with Paolo once oh. outside Edinburgh Castle as well. He's Did a you? brilliant artist. He's, uh, he's such a... You know, talented boy. Actually, I think he lives in Liverpool, actually. I see him around the place. Does he? He lives in Liverpool, yeah. Oh, he did, yeah. I saw him live at Benicassim Festival, and it was when he just released Caustic Love. And that performance of Iron Sky was just, I think I might have cried during it. Might have been a bit drunk, but it was very, very emotional. What's it like for festivals with you? Do you Could you hang around, or are you in and out, Ian? I tend to not be there that long, to be honest, you know, uh, but I always enjoy I like to kind of be there quite a while before we play yeah. and then a couple of hours afterwards, but I don't camp out or anything. <laughs> well, I can guarantee you're going to have a hoot because it's my favourite festival and make sure you're there long enough to go and see the sheep because the right. sheep are a sight to behold. They're a different colour every year. They still do the sheep there? Yep, they do. Um, tickets are available at latitudefestival.com. Ian, it was an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Guided you weren't here in person. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. What you got planned? Lovely chatting. Uh, I'm going to do a bit of writing, actually. I've just had an idea for a couple of tunes, so I'm going to sit down, have a bit of discipline and do that on a lovely sunny day on my roof. Be honest, did my uh, football commentary give you the idea for the writing? I'm going to be utterly honest here, no. <laughs> I love this, that you've just had an idea for a couple of tunes and you're going to sit and write. That is just such an awesome way to spend a Sunday. Well, hopefully we will hear the fruits of your labour very, very soon. All right, take care. Take care, Ian. Take care, babe. Bye. Stay there. There's a round of word up. But first, morning, Martha. How are you? I am very well, thanks. How are you? I'm all right. I'm buzzing because we've both worked at Waitrose. <gasps> I know. We've both we worked just at Waitrose. Yep. I want to know what your what was your Waitrose job? <laughs> I worked there in 1998 on a Saturday and Sunday on checkouts. Very nice. That was it. And then for a little bit full-time before I got a, a full-time job after I left school. What about you? When Love did you do that. it? I worked, um, I can't remember, remember the year when I was 17 <gasps> on the uh, on the cheese and deli counter. You did cheese and deli? Did cheese and deli, learn all the, I was talking all the information. Of, I was talking about Dan from the cheese counter who oh. cheated on me with Liz from checkouts. Oh, yeah, gosh. Never forget it. Scarred <laughs> me for life. So, Martha. <laughs> You have baked one of my favourite breads. Now, the handsome, my husband and I were talking last night about, like, top trumping breads, right? He's a huge fan of collar bread and bagels. Mm, yes. I don't think you can top a focaccia if it's done right. Yes, I agree with you. Bread, there's a podcast, I think off-menu podcast, they always ask people, <laughs> is it poppadoms or bread? And whenever anyone doesn't choose bread, I just get a little bit angry because I'm like, there's so many kinds of bread. Oh. And it's just that when you have fresh, just-baked bread... There is just nothing better. And I focaccia is one of my favourites as well because you get so much flavour from the olive oil as well as all of those other So toppings. that's what you've made us today. I have. Focaccia. Yes, I have. Um, I know some useless fun facts. And one of my useless fun facts is is that the longest focaccia ever baked was 169 metres oh in the Guinness 
book of world records. How, what oven did they use? That's what I'm talking about. Who has an oven that long enough? That long? Who has an oven that big? That's mad. A and tunnel oven. A single loaf. Yeah, I would have loved to have tried that. Mm. Um, but your oven isn't 169 centimetres long. Regular sized oven. <laughs> Although that is a very large focaccia. It's a big one. It's mainly air. It's deceptive. Ah. It's the best focaccias, right, are the ones which are crispy and crunchy and bubbly. But it's hard to do. People think it's really hard to do that at home. So when I was testing this recipe, mm. I wanted to come up with a really simple way of doing focaccia. So mm-hmm. it's actually a no-need recipe. Oh, right. Even don't even have to knead it. <gasps> I, I was going to say on a scale of zero to ten, zero being easy, meaning I could bake it, and ten being tricky. How difficult is this one to make? But you've just answered the question. Yeah, well, it takes a, it takes a while to do, like as in the span of time, but there's yeah. not much hands-on time. So in theory... Quite straightforward. I'm a fan with no kneading because yeah. kneading is where I think I go wrong with every bread I've tried to bake. Oh, it's just hard. It's, it's hard to know that you're doing it right and oh. to get the gluten developed. So time is your friend in this recipe <laughs> and you can create something really easy. But yeah, I wanted to make a recipe that everyone can do that gives you that bread that has all the bubbles. It's not just like, oh, I, met, I tried making focaccia from scratch and it's like this big, dense, <laughs> doughy lump and people are like, that's what thanks. <laughs> that's what often happens with bread I bake. It's very dense. It's very doughy. It's nothing like you get in restaurants. So thank you for making a Kate-proof focaccia <laughs> recipe. Uh, Martha, show chef Martha, has baked a focaccia and I have just tried it during REM. It was disgusting. It's the worst focaccia. In fact, the worst focaccia I've ever... I'm only joking. I'm so happy. I'm so happy because I purposely didn't eat anything because I knew I'd be face planting a focaccia. Room. Yeah, um, I've already had one piece. I will be taking more off that tray. Have as much as you like. Oh, it's so good and... I just can't believe that in real life you could bake a a loaf of bread that isn't dense and doughy, which is what always happens when I'm baking (laughs) at home. So thank you very much. Um, I'm going to share this recipe with my husband. He does all the cooking in our house. I'm sure he's going to want to... Send a link. Yeah, I will send him the link right now. You can head to waitrose.com forward slash show chef to see all the recipes prepared by Martha. You can check out the recipe on our socials as well, Virgin Radio UK, and all the recipes past and present can be found in the Graham Norton with Waitrose Hub on the Waitrose websites. I, I, I can't wait to find out what you're going to be making tomorrow. Is it a surprise or can you tell me? I can tell you about it. Do you want to know how to make the focaccia? I can do you a little run through. Okay, yes, yes, yes. A before cheeky you do little run through. So you want to take your dry ingredients. I love making bread because you literally just need store cupboard ingredients. Yes, you do. Strong plain flour or something is the only one which you might need to pop out and get because plain flour, not enough gluten. You won't get the, the bouncy stretch. Ah. So you need strong plain flour, but then the rest of it is just yeast, salt, sugar, olive oil. We've got them all. We've got them all, exactly. So you want to take all those ingredients, mix them together in a bowl. And this is where most people would think, oh no, I've done it wrong, because it's really wet. It's a really wet dough, which is why we don't need it, because it it would be so messy. (laughs) It's not worth covering your kitchen in that. Okay. All stays in the bowl. Once it's all mixed together, we leave it for 20 minutes. And then we're going to, instead of kneading, we're going to do this thing called stretching and folding. So it's going to rise in its bowl for three hours. It has a long old rise. And we're going to come to it every now and again. Doesn't need to be exact. Maybe every hour. And we're going to pull it at each end and fold it over, like almost like you're like closing an envelope. Okay. Each end, and that starts developing that gluten without the need. And it will start. You'll look at it and think this is never going to work. And by the end of your stretching and folding, once you've done it four times over the three hours, it will be lovely and smooth and soft. Really. Then it goes into your baking tray, into the fridge overnight. So if you oh. want this bread, start now for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> overnight what does that do overnight that it can't do if you just popped it in the oven what? it's 
it makes the flavour a lot deeper and it okay. allows all of that kind of the starch in the flour to absorb all the liquid, which is really good at making a much more bouncy dough. And a bit, this doesn't shock it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes, you can do it at room temperature, just leave it for th- another three hours, but it is better overnight, I think. So into the fridge, then when it comes out in the morning, bringing it up to room temperature, then you're getting your fingers out and dimpling all <gasps> over the dough with dimpling. a bit of olive oil. <laughs> I saw you it's dimpling so on Instagram. It was a bit ASMR. Like when I was watching it, I just felt really calm and good. really relaxed. I could have watched that video over and over again. I feel like dough does that to people. <laughs> you can go on TikTok and you can literally just watch videos of people shaping really? dough. I love it. It's so great. You, <laughs> so you need you dimple. You dimple, then it goes into a really hot oven, 230 degrees. Chuck in also a cup of water at the bottom so it gets all steamy. That's what the proper baker's ovens would have. Top tip. So the steam goes in, your bread goes in, and then it takes 20 minutes. Be lovely and golden. You can put some rosemary or maybe some olives or some cherry tomatoes on the top when it's raw as well. So okay. Go a bit creative. Then when it comes out, let it cool in the tin for a couple of minutes, then onto a cooling rack so the bottom gets crispy because you don't want soggy bread. Oh, is that what that does? Transferring to a cooling rack, make it crispy? I would do, yeah. Never because it's so it's got so much steam and so much liquid in it that you need to get it out just so that it crisps all the way around and then eat it straight away, I would. <laughs> is anyone else's mouth watering? Because mine is, just from you explaining all this. Thank you so much. Um, do you want to just quickly tease me on what's, what you're making tomorrow? Oh, it's another Italian tiramisu. Stop it! <laughs> <gasps> Don't. I tried, I think, the best tiramisu of my life in Greece. It's good, like last week. Oh, my week. gosh. Well, I, hope this is, I hope this lives up to expectations. It's better or I'll be calling you out, Martha. I really will. I'm still I'm still I'm trying to get over the fact that I ate the world's best focaccia yesterday. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that accolade. It was so good. I wish I could just be you for a day. Oh. So I could just bake things and freeze them all so I have them for later. I'll just come round. How, how, what is it like being able to cook and bake anything? What is it like being you? I mean, I definitely don't feel like I can cook and bake anything. Stop it. There must be some things out there. And and to be honest, there is a pressure that comes with it because if anyone comes around for dinner, they are highly <laughs> expecting a Michelin-starred fancy dinner. And if I pull out a pasta bake, yeah. <laughs> which I regularly do, <laughs> I'd be furious. Like, oh, I'd be that's furious. not what I was anticipating. <laughs> but are you quite judgy as well if you go to... Like, you got to be, if you're a ba- if you go into a bakery and you get something, surely you're like, this is, I could do a better job than this. I feel like, no. No. I just love food in general and I tend to opt for more like simple things and then you can't go as wrong, you know? Yeah. I like, do you know what I love as well? You're wearing your chef's apron today. I've got it. Well, I was, there was cocoa powder involved. <laughs> Cocoa powder involved in this recipe, so I needed to protect the clothes. Tell us about the <laughs> recipe you have made today. So this is a tiramisu. We're sticking with the Italian theme. We had focaccia yesterday. We did. We're having tiramisu today. Love it. I found out when I was researching this recipe that tiramisu means pick me up. Does it? It does, yeah. It means like this is going to kind of reinvigor me for the day. I mean, it's chocolate and booze. Of course it's going to pick us up, isn't it? <laughs> and lots of coffee, which I also discovered because... I kind of forgot that obviously coffee has lots of caffeine in it. And as I was recipe testing this, there was a couple of nights where I was just lying awake at night thinking, why am I so awake? Because I had three shots of espresso basically for dinner. But it was great. I didn't realise there was that much coffee in it. Yeah, there's quite a lot of coffee in it. Can you make it with decaf? You can make it with decaf. I'll be I'll be raring to go after this. That would have been a wide... I wish you were there to tell me that when I was recipe <laughs> testing because there was a many sleepless nights over this tiramisu. There's an alternative. <laughs> and how... Because I think I'd never, ever attempt to make tiramisu. It looks way too difficult. How easy is it to bake? It's kind of a, a mid-level dessert. It doesn't take that long to bake, which is good. As in, it's, it goes in the fridge. doesn't need baking at all. And your little sponge fingers, I'm not doing those from scratch. We're buying those from Waitrose. <laughs> Nobody's got time for that. <laughs> um, but it does require lots of bowls. So make sure you've got some 
washer uppers on standby. Okay, requires a lot of bowls. I love this. And also, that's a that's a kind of dessert after my own heart. One you don't even have to turn the oven on. Oh, yes, exactly. It's good for summer when you don't want to get hot. You just yes. literally want something in the fridge that's going to cool you down, refresh you. How many recipes did you have to make before you found the best ever one? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Fair few tiramisu. Just trying out different ways that you can make it, different techniques, different ingredients. Some have cream, some purists say no cream, but also trying to make something achievable because you don't want it to be that kind of like pastry chef level that you have to be an expert <laughs> to create it. So I'm hoping lots of people will have success with this recipe. And where do you stand with the cream and the tiramisu? I've I've got it in there. I yeah. feel like it's just, it's an indulgent dessert. It needs, and also it creates a bit more structure if you just use the eggs and you rely on that alone for the creaminess uh, it's a little bit more risky i love it and wh- what about the booze what's in it so this has got a mixture of masala it's a sweet masala wine but you could also use brandy that goes into the kind of white creamy bit of the layer yeah and then we've got coffee liqueur in the kind of liquid that you dunk your biscuits in i'm using it's mr black's coffee liqueur really it's really good and all of these are available at waitrose they are i've tried it it's the perfect level of booze for me. Prue Leith from Bake Off would say it's not boozy enough. <laughs> not enough in there. Nah, she'd be like, <laughs> it needs more booze. She loves it, doesn't she? Um, it's perfect. It's more perfect than the one oh. I had in Greece. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Swear I didn't think we were going to get that. I swear down my auntie Leslie's life. It, is, it trumps it. It is the nicest tiramisu ever. And take us through the, um, the method. The method. So we're starting with eggs. Now, tiramisu does have raw eggs in it. So if that's something you're looking to avoid, don't. Don't go for this dessert. Pick something else. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I should have warned you. I'm like, my face there. It. I was just like, like, oh, wait a minute. Did I, I just eat raw eggs? I was doing that. And it's okay. I'm not going to be sick. <laughs> it's got lots of sugar in it. And all of the eggs that you get in the UK have red line approval stamps. So they should be fine to eat. Perfect. Um, anyway, we're taking our eggs, separating them into whites and yolks. Yep. Do the little pass between your eggshell. Then we are whisking up the whites. Do that first with your electric whisk because you basically don't want to be washing your whisk too many times. So whisk the whites first and then mm-hmm. a bit of sugar goes into that. Then we're whisking the yolks in a separate bowl till they're lovely and foamy and light with some caster sugar and then in your third bowl double cream whisking mm. that once your double cream is in thick peaks we are adding mascarpone that sweet masala wine some vanilla extract give that another whisk and then we're going to combine all those ingredients all those kind of whisked things mm. fold them gently you don't want to m- knock out any of that air because that's going to enable it to set in your fridge once you've got that lovely creamy mixture, set that to one side and we're going to create a coffee mixture in a small bowl. So I'm taking 350 mils of strong coffee. Now, really good espresso is best for this because you actually, because you're just having a smaller portion. It's not like you're going to eat the whole tiramisu. Of in course. Go, so don't well, fear. in my case, speak <laughs> yourself, babe. If you did, you'll be on a caffeine high. Um, but the best place, you could even pop down to a coffee shop and get some really good quality strong espresso because you will notice the difference in a recipe like this. All right. So no to decaf then. You, I mean, you could use decaf. I don't really drink decaf coffee, so I don't know. Does it still come quite strong? Yeah, mine does. Then, Tastes yeah. exactly the same. That'd be fine. And you can use instant if you want. There's no judgment. <laughs> We're just making that up. And then you mix your coffee liqueur in there as well if you want Ooh, to use that. If lovely. not, there's loads of good alcohol-free alcohol-free as well. I think there's mm. Kaleno, which is like a rum substitute. That works well. That's good to know. Then we are taking lady fingers, the little sponge fingers, and soaking them. Uh, you want to hold them under the liquid, like submerge them under for about six, seven, eight seconds until they're almost falling apart. Arrange them in the bottom of your dish. Make one layer of those, then half of your creamy mixture, another layer of soaked sponge fingers, the rest of your cream mixture. Stick that in the fridge for a good long while, at least six hours. Okay. And then just before you're going to serve, dust over cocoa powder 
to give that lovely little velvety finish. It has. It looks very velvety. Um, interesting that you don't put the cocoa powder on until the end. Why? I know. Well, some just... people, you can do it in each layer if you want it to be chocolatey, but I wanted the coffee to be the kind of hero flavour. But put it in every layer if you want. Oh, can you just come and live with me and just cook <laughs> for me, please? Just, I just love everything you make. Um, this is an exceptional recipe oh, and one you. you can find on the Waitrose Hub. Is that right? Is it in the paper this weekend? It is in the paper, right in the middle. Okay, you can find that there and all previous recipes um, online at waitrose.com forward slash forward slash. Should I do that again? That and all the other previous recipes online at waitrose.com forward slash show chef. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Forward slash show chef. I did it twice. Martha, it's been an absolute pleasure to try your, oh, your you. focaccia and your tiramisu. I've loved them both. And I love your Instagram, by the way. Oh, it's you're just very kind. It's been lovely to cook for you. Going to get some serious, um, some serious tips off you from your Instagram. Right now, I'm going to eat some more tiramisu. Come on, baby, tell me what's the word I word I what up indeed it's back and your chance to win a graham norton with waitrose gift box including uh waitrose brute champagne the best of all the champagnes out there so if you're looking for the missing word in this clip it's a very famous football tune written by our guest today ian Brody. i'm going to play you the clip right now here it is it's Oh no, no one's going to get that. That's too difficult. I think we need to play it again. I think we should play it one more time. It's too tricky. Far too difficult, guys. I'm a bit nervous that no one's going to know it, but let's go to the phone lines. First through was Stuart in Leeds. Good afternoon, Stuart. Good afternoon, Kate. How are you? I'm all right, mate. What, what room in the house are you stood in right now? I'm in my bedroom, oh. enjoying Virgin Radio. Uh, just back from a nice walk, but listened to you uh, en route uh, whilst I was uh, enjoying the sunshine in Leeds today. Oh, were you? Sorry to, to be so personal. I just like to know what room people are in so I can just get a picture of, of what you're doing right now. All right, Taking so a picture with words, quite right. <laughs> All right, so Stuart, you've just heard the clip. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're going to be able to get this, but you know what? Give it your best shot. I'm looking for the missing word in that clip. Good luck. What do you reckon the word is? An absolute classic of a song, and I'm going footballs. <sighs> footballs. Ooh. Final answer. Final answer. <laughs> don't want to change your mind, no. Are you going to stick with footballs? Okay. Let's see if you are correct, Stuart. He's only gone and got it right. What a guess! Brilliant. How on earth did you do that? How on earth did you do that? <laughs> it's the best football anthem ever, isn't it? It really is. And what a song from 96. And every summer when it, get, when it gets played, like there's just joy everywhere, isn't there? Do you remember what you were doing in the summer of 96, Stuart? I was quite young, but I remember going to Ellen Road to watch the match when it came to, came to Leeds. It was just an absolutely brilliant summer. And that, that semi-final, Gareth Southgate's come a long way since then, <laughs> but, uh, but we'll forgive him, I think. <laughs> we, will, we will indeed. Well, congratulations. You've won the Graham Norton with Waitrose gift box. Enjoy... Oh, enjoy everything. I mean, it all looks fantastic, especially the chocolate dip shortbread. Tuck right into that with whoever you like and enjoy the rest of your Sunday, Stuart. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend too. Kate. You too, lovely. Goodbye. 
Thank you so much for joining me on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. And have you clicked that follow button on all of our socials? Find us at Virgin Radio UK. That's it for now. Speak to you soon. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.